The views and opinions expressed in this podcast may be triggering and don't necessarily reflect the views of myself or Blue Matter Project. Please note that I'm not a licensed therapist or a doctor, and all opinions of our guests are for informational purposes and should not be considered medical advice. For any questions about your own health, please consult a medical professional. Hi everyone, welcome back. This is the Mindful Matters Podcast and my name is Elaine Clark. As many of you probably know, we have discussed trauma healing from lots of different perspectives here on the podcast. And today's guest is someone who has committed over 30 years of psychotherapy practice to present a simple and revolutionary approach to trauma healing. My guest today is Judith Blackstone, the founder of The Realization Process, a method of embodied psychological and relational healing and non-dual spiritual awakening. She was a psychotherapist in private practice for many years, and before that, she was a professional dancer, and she now teaches workshops and teacher certification training throughout the United States and online. She's the author of several books, including Trauma and the Unbound Body, The Healing Power of Fundamental Consciousness, The Enlightenment Process, and Belonging Here, A Guide for the Spiritually Sensitive Person. Now, in today's episode, we get into some really interesting topics like the realization process, which she she developed, how to inhabit the body as fundamental consciousness to liberate trauma-based constrictions. We talk about reclaiming ourselves from our childhood holding patterns, deepening intimacy with others, and connecting from the core, so connecting from this sort of core to core. And we also talk about some practices that can bring us back to a sense of unity. Really interesting conversation today. I'm so glad that you're all here. Please welcome Judith Blackstone. Judith, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Elaine. Yeah, it's a pleasure to have you here today. I'm really looking forward to this conversation. And I'd like to begin how we always begin on the show, and that's with your personal journey. How did you come to realize this meditative practice for embodied spiritual awakening that you've developed and that you've called the realization process? How did this all come together? Well, many years ago when I was in my 20s, I had been a professional dancer and I injured my back quite badly so that I wasn't able to go on with my career and my my art form, which is also my spiritual connection for me. So I, I was really pretty desperate for healing and wasn't able to find anything that could help me. So I just lay on the floor of my, my loft, my dance studio where I was living, and I began to notice the various healing properties, just of relaxing and feeling feeling energy currents move through me and automatically bringing me towards balance and various things that I could find the space to the right and the left, and that would bring me into center. I began to explore this more subtle arena of, of ourselves. And at the same time, I was having students come to the loft. That was how I made my living, by teaching dance. So that turned out to be a very good thing for the realization process, because it meant that it developed not just in response to my own issues, 
and needs, but also in response to whatever they were working on, or their imbalances, their lack of contact with themselves. So, um, so that was the initial seed, and it grew from there. Yeah, this is something I, I really resonated when I first heard you talk about this. Um, you know, I was a competitive gymnast and an athlete mm-hmm. growing up. And right before a competition, uh, I would I would draw this presence back into my body, which mm-hmm. at the time felt a little bit like prayer. Uh, I would replace these kind of frightened parts of me and bring myself into alignment and kind of connect to my core. Um, and I'm wondering if you can speak into this from your experience as a dancer yeah. uh, and how you talk about this idea of attuning to our bodies. I mean, that's an amazing thing because I used to do exactly that same thing when I would stand in the wings before I had to go on. I would feel this kind of numinous presence that I could pull into my body. And that would help me overcome any sort of stage fright. So that's very interesting. I've never heard anyone else talk about that. Yeah. Uh, And then as I continued to, you know, then when I wasn't able to dance anymore, and I continued on this kind of introspective journey, uh, little by little, I found that that numinous presence wasn't just something outside of myself that I could draw in, but it was something that was already there inside me and also outside me and and that in fact i mean i'm i'm telling this quite quickly but it took many years uh in fact it was a level of consciousness that was uh, unified inside and outside me and that um that was really how the work how the work developed but it started it started there from that pulling in that numinous presence into my body yeah, I like that so much. And, you know, when I discovered your your work in your book, Trauma and the Unbound Body, which I want to spend some time talking about soon, I remember thinking to myself that you've put into words uh, something that I've felt throughout my life and over the years, something that I've contemplated but didn't quite have the right words for. Uh, but these things can sound very kind of mystical and woo-woo in some sense. And uh, I, I'd love it if you could just maybe elaborate on what this means to connect to our core, because a lot of uh, your work, you know, you speak about this idea of core to core. Yes. Well, what the realization process really is at, at, at this point is a series of practices for feeling in ourselves that that underlying ground of consciousness. Um, and we can attune to that. And when we do attune to it within our body, we do feel that it's both within ourselves and outside of ourselves at the same time. And, and it, it does sound, in fact, it sounds abstract to talk about it. And yet it's it feels like our deepest connection with ourselves. It feels completely grounded uh, and authentic. It feels like finally the the myths have cleared, you know, and the, the, the ways that we've created to operate in the world, to function in the world, the various masks and persona have fallen away. And underneath that, there seems to be just actually there, uh, this underlying u- unity, this internal wholeness and this self-other oneness that we can that we can experience i don't really know what it is but we can definitely experience it and it's it's quite healing and because we feel it pervading our whole body it has a lot of relevance for 
for personal healing, for psychological healing. And as it pervade, as we can experience it pervading ourselves and other people, it also gives us a real sense of our, our true boundaries that we can connect quite, quite deeply uh, with other people without losing that internal contact with ourselves. So that is a, is really a, a healing of boundaries. So, you know, many sensitive people, many people have difficulty with, you know, that we either close off so that we're not overwhelmed by other people in, in close relationships, or we just give ourselves over and we lose track of our own needs and preferences. But as this, I call it fundamental consciousness, as this ground of unified being that we can attune to, uh, we can both connect with ourselves and other people at the same time. Yeah, I like that. And the fundamental consciousness, uh, for anybody who's hearing that for the first time, what is that? And, and how can we resolve mental, physical, and emotional struggles uh, using the power of fundamental consciousness, which I feel relates to maybe some of the work that you did as you were healing through your injury as a dancer? Yes, I, as you know, in the healing, I found I had to attune to myself on a very deep level, and a very subtle level, in order to, to get to the imbalance, that, which was actually in my skeletal structure. So in order to, to heal that, I had to get to a very, very fine attunement to myself. And that's how I found this underlying what I call fundamental consciousness. But in fact, it's mentioned as I as I found in my journeys later on, it's mentioned in Buddhism, it's mentioned in certain Hindu lineages, Hindu teachings. Um, uh, so it's it's an experience that people have had for, for, thousands, for thousands of years, forever probably. Uh, and um, has, so it has many, many different names in the, in the spiritual literature. Now, because it's actually deep contact with ourselves, um, you know, so much of our anxiety and our depression and and uh, you know our our difficulties living being in the world are are reflections of our lack of contact with our actual selves with our ability to to love to respond emotionally to feel actual feel power our personal strength in our body which which is which again just seems to be innately there i mean i can't say what it is or why it is but I know that we uncover it rather than create an actual feeling of personal strength and power in our body, which makes us feel equal to not only to other people, but to our, to our circumstances, uh, the feel of our intelligence so that we can begin to trust our own, our own mind, even if we've been, you know, gaslit as so many of us have growing up or, you know, told not to trust what we were actually seeing or feeling, uh, we begin to, to, to develop deep self-trust for ourselves when we experience our own being and all of its actual qualities within our body. Yeah, I can, I can think of several times, actually only a few times I would say that I, that I have first entered a yoga class feeling, you know, completely dysregulated but then leaving feeling deeply connected to my core. Uh, I distinctly remember one day, you know, leaving a class led by a teacher that I really love here in Toronto, 
uh, Michelle and and her husband, who they own a studio here in Toronto, and they're they're such beautiful beautiful human beings and practitioners. And I remember walking out of the studio and it was pouring rain and it was dark at night. And that didn't really bother me at all because I was feeling, what I was feeling in that moment was this kind of illuminating sense of connection to my core. And, you know, some people might roll their eyes to a statement like that. You know, I think uh, for anybody who's maybe never experienced that kind of illuminating sense of connection, um, but anyways, I, I felt in that moment that nothing could disturb the peace that I was feeling. And I was thinking to myself that it felt like I had taken off these kind of rosy colored glasses and I could see more clearly. And over the years, I've had many students of mine as a yoga practitioner myself. Uh, I've had many students say that they've gotten this kind of glimpse of connection uh, to the core. And again, I know that you kind of speak a lot uh, about this in your work and uh, and specifically related to trauma. Do you think it's possible that we can heal through some of our, uh, you know, big traumas or or some some traumatic experiences by uh, returning to this connection to core? Oh, I I absolutely, I absolutely do. Um, You know, we can reclaim ourselves from from what happened to us, from the way we reacted to what happened to us. Absolutely. In the realization process, we we do the, you know, inhabiting the body, the attuning to this unbroken and unbreakable ground of our being. Uh, And we realize that there, there always has been a part of ourselves there waiting to be uncovered uh, that, that can't be injured, that that's never been injured. And so we attune to that, but we also have a, a technique that I call the release technique, where the, the very deep, deep constrictions of ourselves that we've created in reaction to some of the worser, the worst trauma that we've experienced, um, sometimes those need to be worked with directly, and we have a way of focusing within them in such a way that we get to that ground of our being within those constrictions, and then we can we can let go of it. So we're not depending just on inhabiting the body and getting to Sushumna, to the subtle core of the body, but also this this way of focusing directly into some of the, the deeper holding patterns that we created. Yeah, I want to reference actually what you say here in, in the book. You say, uh, and I quote you here, you say, all of the constrictions in our fascia, the connective tissue surrounding muscles and organs, are moments of our past that we have stopped in their tracks and held in that way unconsciously. They are frozen moments of our past. I I love this. I think this is really powerful. And I, I'm wondering if you can just unpack that for us today for anybody who's maybe never heard of this, uh, this type of constriction before in the body. Sure. So, you know, it, it's so interesting that that we actually cannot shut ourselves off to experience without shutting down our body. For example, we can't stop ourselves from crying without actually constricting the anatomy that's involved in crying. We can't stop ourselves from being angry, for example, from feeling anger, unless we clamp down. Uh, you know, you can try that out yourself by you know conjuring a little grief or anger and then trying to stop it. We have to stop it through 
the medium of the bodies. And it's it's the fascia probably that is like a like a oneness of tissue surrounding everything throughout the body, uh, connected all everywhere in the body. Uh, so when we clamp down like that, we actually instead of instead of actually getting rid of the grief or the anger or the tears, we actually hold them within the tissue, uh, along with along with the mentality of our of our age at the time. Now we do use the same constrictions, the same movements into constriction at different periods in our lives, so we can find layers of memory and age uh, and events within those constrictions. But over time, uh, one thing we know about fascia is that the, the, the tissues glue together, they become rigid so that we can no longer access, for example, you know, we can actually grow up unable to cry or unable to feel anger, un unable to live in our solar plexus area because we've held it so, so tightly against worry or anxiety or, or anger. We, we actually clamp down on our ability to respond. And in that clamping down, we hold those moments um, in, which we, in which we initially clamp down. So we can find within them when we focus, when we either inhabit the body if they're loose enough, or if they're very deeply held, when we do the release technique and focus within them, we find those old emotions. We find that, that little girl, little boy, that that went into that constriction, the four-year-old, the 12-year-old, the 16-year-old the that went into that constriction. So so there's our there's our past life waiting to be to be dispelled, we can say, into our present into our present being. Yeah, these early patterns from our childhood uh, which have a very strong hold on us. As uh, as children, I think you know we organize ourselves in reaction to our environment, and it can be really challenging to work through these patterns. Um, I really believe that our our deep wounds and early programming are a clue about the healing that we need to do in order to kind of access our full potential. Um, and unless we're you know grounded in our core will default into these old patterns that kind of keep us stuck and fragmented um, and disconnected from the people we love. And this is interesting because I, I'm interested in the, unpacking the relational challenges, um, you know, relational challenges uh, that, that prevent us from connecting with, with our partners. So for example, uh, when we move from, you know, a new relationship energy to an attachment, a lot of our old patterns from childhood will get kicked up and recapitulated. Uh, and I know that you are married and you, you often talk about the relational aspect of this work and how we can experience a deeper intimacy uh, and internal contact with another person without being absorbed or losing ourselves. And I find this to be really interesting, uh, especially in the context of, you know, a longstanding marriage or a relationship, which I feel can be a really big challenge uh, to stay connected. What can you say about this? Well, uh, I mean, the, the ideal, of course, is if both partners are working on themselves, working to deepen their contact with themselves. And then there's actually an ongoing deepening to, to the love. Uh, you know, my husband and I will have our 40th anniversary uh, coming up very soon. 
That's and amazing. It's just been wonderful. I mean, obviously there have been, you know, big problems along the way that we had to face and work through and work through old issues from our childhood of abandonment and all kinds of things. And so it's, you know, it's a path in itself, as I'm sure any any longstanding couple will will say. But but in terms of the resonance, the actual contact with each other, that keeps deepening. So the more contact we have with ourselves, the more responsive and the more actual contact's an interesting thing. I mean, it's it happens throughout our whole being, right? We have eye contact, we have we have tactile contact, but we also have actual resonance, love to love, power to power, intelligence to intelligence, voice to voice, and sexuality to sexuality. And and there's a a, a resonance that really feels like uh, some new kind of kind of contact that's very hard to put into words, but it is a connection, a real connection. Uh, that the deeper we go in ourselves, and the deeper both partners go in themselves, the more that contact matures. So, so the relationship just just keeps growing, really. Even once the problems—I mean, I can say that now. You know, after 40 years, our big problems are behind us, which, of course, is a blessing. It's wonderful. Um, mm -hmm. You know, we aren't we don't really get into any sorts of things that we need to resolve uh, psychologically anymore. But the deepening of connection keeps on growing, keeps on maturing. Right. I think it's interesting how we we place a lot of emphasis on connecting from the heart space upwards. So. Um, you know, connecting mentally or, you know, through creativity or um, like we're very sort of oriented towards the heart upwards when it comes to relationships. Um, and we don't really consider how important it is to connect from the heart downwards. So the rest of the body um, and, and getting in touch with our, our center really, which is our foundation. And I'm curious about this idea of being present in our bodies so we can meet another person with uh, a deeper sense of intimacy. Um, and I, I know that you have a, a book also called The Intimate Life. Can you talk to us a little bit about this book and and this idea of connecting, you know, from our bodies? I, yeah, well, the realization process has specific practices for for two or more people to do together, and especially for, for intimate partners to do together, but really any two people can can do it. And, and those are practices of inhabiting the body, attuning to the qualities in the body, and then attuning to our, for example, our own quality of love and each other's quality of love at the same time. And then there's a kind of deep ringing that goes on uh, between the two people or our own power to another person's power, right? Connecting to our own and the other at the same time. Of course, both people do that at the same time, our own sexuality to each other's sexuality at the same time. And then there's that, that deep enlivening and connection. And um, so there, that's, there, you know, there's two main practices in the realization process. One is the inhabiting the body and attuning to fundamental consciousness inside and out. And the other is the core breath, which is the attuning to that subtle channel that we can feel running vertically through the innermost core of our torso, neck, and head called Shumana in Hindu yoga, uh, called the central channel in Tibetan Buddhism. Uh, and so the other main 
relational practice in the realization process is attuning core to core, heart chakra to heart chakra, both at the same time, uh, head center to head center, pelvic center to pelvic center. Of course, it can be done with any of the chakra points. And then again, there's that that kind of buzz, you know, of connection, that real resonance core to core. And what's been helpful for me about those practices is not even so much the connection, because I grew up as kind of a good connector, but the fact that we can connect across distance, right? That we can be in our own core and feel that core to core connection. That without leaving our own being, we have an even deeper connection with the other person than if we do leave our own being, as I certainly used to do, to connect, right? But core to core, we both have that deepest innermost contact with our own self and that deepest connection with our partner at the same time. And the same with inhabiting the body, right? The more deeply we're in our own pelvis, uh, the more deep connection we have, the more, the more responsive energetically and also the more connection resonance of the ground to ground, fundamental consciousness to fundamental consciousness with all its qualities with our partner. So those are the main practices. But even, you know, if you want to try this out with someone very easily, you can just take their hand and then inhabit, each of you inhabit your own hand. So we're not sending energy or sending any kind of contact. Just by inhabiting your own hand, each of you, you'll feel how that contact self to other deepens, right? So by being in our own being, we have that deep connection with the world around us. What do you think are some things that pull us away from connection to ourselves? Oh, a million things, right? Right from right from the start, maybe from even before the start. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, anything that that over that's going to be overwhelming for us for the child. I mean, these are these are survival instincts, and and they're protective, and and they're they're all for the good. They're ways we keep ourselves intact when we yeah. protect ourselves against being overwhelmed by uh, angry voice. Uh, a face that changes from love to grief. I mean, any of the just normal occurrences that happen to us as children, let alone the, the less normal ones, you know, the real abuse. So, for anybody who maybe had a lot of a lot of experiences that has caused a disconnect, a disconnection from core and you know, goes way back even before, <laughs> even, you know, say in the womb of, of um, you know, in the womb of conception and, and then even through childhood. What are some ways or s- some practices that uh, that someone listening right now can can start to reconnect and to start to bring themselves back to that sense of unity? Yeah, well, it's nice to feel the difference between being aware of the body and actually being in it. So mm-hmm. even right now, you can take a moment to to be aware of your hands and feel how that's a kind of top-down sort of procedure. And then enter into your hands and feel how that's different, right? To be actually living and present within your hands. And then you can relate that to, to the whole body, that you're in your feet. Now, when you get down into your feet, Make sure you adjust your breath to being in your feet because you may find that your inhale lifts you up away from there. 
So you're in your feet, not just aware of them, but actually living there within them. And your breath adjusts to being that far down in your body. And then you can just keep on going, inhabiting different parts of the body, the parts that are easiest to access to begin with, and then maybe the parts that feel like they might be holding some old grief or fear or anger, you know, just little by little, very gradually making that inward contact with yourself. We, of course, have, you know, whole sequences of practices uh, that, that would take about 40 minutes uh, to do the two main practices. You can also find that innermost subtle core of yourself, the heart chakra, and each of these points in our core also opens into our internal wholeness. You might be able to feel that, you know, being in the core points, the heart center, the head center, deep, deep in the innermost core of your head, and how that enters you into your wholeness, right? The, the innermost core on the center of your pelvis, but deep, as deeply inward as you can focus there, right? And that, that, and even in that pelvic center, opens you into your wholeness. So even without doing the actual realization process sequences, you can begin to work with those principles. Yep. We have a, a lot of practitioners in our audience, in our community, uh, people who are guiding, you know, guiding others, guiding bodies through meditative practices, uh, movement practices. Uh, I know that many people in our community would maybe be interested uh, in being guided by you through uh, an experience, uh, a guided experience. And I thought that would be a nice way to, to wrap up today. I'm wondering if you could maybe just guide us through a couple minutes of, of uh, a session that you would perhaps do with a, a group or with an individual. Well, a couple of minutes, you know, I mean, each, each exercise would take about half hour and I, I wouldn't do the release technique either, you know, without being able to see people. I am doing a, a weekend retreat in December on the release technique that you can find on, the, on my website. But for being here right now, I think, you know, just come down, feel that you're in your feet. Right? Really make contact with yourself, really experience yourself living in your feet. It's as if the, your feet were, were conscious of themselves, right? That you were conscious in your feet. Mm -hmm. right. Not that they're separate from, from your own, it's your own consciousness, but living inside your feet. And let your breath adjust to that. And now take a moment to feel that you're in your whole body in that same way. Deep contact everywhere in your body at once. And settled there, right? Settled into your feet, settled into the pelvic floor, settled into the respiratory diaphragm. Settled into your collarbones. Right? Resting the top of your head very gently. And feeling that you're in your whole body with all of that settling, all of those foundations. 
Now you can, if you're very sensitive, find the space outside your body, the space in the room. And take a moment to feel that the space inside and outside your body is the same continuous space, undivided space of fundamental consciousness, right? without leaving your body at all. And generally, we would do this after about a half hour of going through the whole body. And let yourself feel that the space that pervades your body pervades your whole environment without leaving your body at all. So you're whole within your body and you're one with your environment. Made of the same the same stuff, the same consciousness as everything in your environment. Judith, I want to thank you so much for guiding us through that. Um, I'd love to to ask you as a, a way to to wrap today. Is there any parting pieces of wisdom that you would like to share with our listeners today? Oh, just to keep keep connecting inward to yourself, right? In, in any circumstance, and if things get chaotic around you, you can always find your center, your heart center your head center, your pelvic center. You can always feel that internal contact with your whole body. Yeah, I love that. I think that's a great reminder, something I have to often remind myself to uh, to do. Um, Judah, thank you so much for making the time today. I, I feel that we just scratched the surface on the work that you do, but I feel it's very meaningful and very important. Thank you so much for this conversation today. I really appreciate it. Thank you for the invitation, Elaine. I enjoyed it. So that's it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening, and I really hope you'll join us next time. Mindful Matters is written, hosted, and recorded by me, Elaine Clark. Special thanks to Karen Zorzi, our editor, Tawny Stoiber for the artwork, and our theme music by Bellwoods. If you can, please leave us a review. It helps others discover the show, and we really appreciate it. Let's keep these conversations going over at Blue Matter Project. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. I